0: Welcome back to 1874, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. Now this week we're joined by a very special guest, my favourite ever player that I've seen watching in the whole End. It's, it's Ian Taylor, whole End hero, current day club ambassador, an all-round good guy. He joins us to talk through some of his old Aston Villa teammates. And it's a goal, it's Taylor and it's two. That's a full volley from Ian Taylor. Have struck it any better. Tails, thanks ever so much for, for joining us today. I know, I know you're a busy boy. It's still taking you a week to text back during lockdown, <laughs> but we, we, we finally managed to get get you on.
1: How are you doing? You know what I'm like, Dan, getting back to you.
0: <laughs> I know, awful, awful. I'm a nightmare. I'm a nightmare. We've got Greg with us as well, the Athletics Villa correspondent. Did you watch much of Tails, Greg, or was he before your
2: time? No, I used to watch him. I remember him. He's that this all-action midfielder he used to. He's just he was a good finisher as well, wasn't he, Dan?
0: Yeah, very good
2: finisher.
1: Um, oh, I remember.
0: I'm sure he does as well.
1: I got one or two lads.
0: One or two. <laughs> I know from my previous times with you that you absolutely love a game. So I've come up with a little game for you called the Tails Tom Bowler. <laughs>
1: no, you you love a game, Dan. <laughs> it's nice to hear your thoughts.
0: It's a, it's, it's a nice way to, to to get you involved. So what I've done here is. I've got 20 of your old teammates listed, one to 20. Greg's going to pick the numbers and then we're just going to have a little chat about those players. So we really are testing your memory here, which I know could oh. be a struggle. So let's, yes. let's start off. Greg, give me a number. Right, let's go right in the middle, number 10. Number 10, it's a, it's a good start. I think you should remember Ooh. this guy. Best player seen in the Villa shirt, I think, Paul Merson.
1: Paul Merson, what the oh. I think um, I commented on him last week because it was his birthday last week, wasn't it? So, yeah, I put a little tweet out about Merce and one of the best players that I've played with. He used to do a lot with the outside of his right foot, but it was a hell of a wonder of a right foot. And uh, I think we got him probably after his best days, but he still had some good days in a, in a Villa shirt. I think his best days were probably at Arsenal, but... What a player he was at Villa as well. We had a great understanding as well. Merce set quite a few goals for myself because he liked having runners for midfield and and connecting with runners for midfield. He was a really, really good player and a good finisher as well. And he was a great character in the dressing room as well. He's a proper winner, but a great laugh as well.
2: Tails, was he somebody who you could always rely on? You knew that he was always going to put in a very good performance for the team.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it's very rare that Merce had a bad game. He was one of those that, uh, probably wouldn't be involved in the game a lot, but when he did something, it was something special and he'd try things all the time. He might make a lot of mistakes trying things, but then, you know, he'd do something that would produce a goal. And, um, he was one of those archetypal number tens that, you could rely on and, and get into good positions and, and set things up for you.
0: It was kind of like a wave of big signings by John Gregory. Obviously, we, we lost White York, who you, who you mentioned briefly before, but mm. Merce was kind of his replacement at the time. And he was like a, a wave of what I would say of good Premier League players, like classy Premier League players that that started to come in. What was he like in the dressing room, Merce?
1: Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. He's a, He was one of those who were sort of life and soul um, centre Center everything in the dressing room, and um, like I said earlier, he was, he was a winner. Um, if you weren't putting it in, or you didn't think you were putting it in, or putting the effort in, or whatever, he'd he'd make sure you knew about it. So um, yeah, he was a he was a great character in the dressing room, and he was a he was always having a laugh and a joke, but he was a winner.
0: Yeah, real real high standards. Paul Merson, as I say, I think he's probably one of the best players, if not the best player, obviously, in Claret and Blue. I think he won Player of the Year two seasons on the bounce. So a great player and great memories. Next up,
2: Greg. I'm going to go number one, Dan. I'm expecting this. is going to be a goalkeeper. No, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, well, that's a bad start for me. Anyway, yeah, well
1: done, Greg. <laughs>
2: well, well done, well, well done for Dan with the relevance of these numbers. No, no, you've got to mix it up a bit. You got to mix it up a bit. And Tiles I'm is saying, not Tiles. To be honest, saying is,
1: that, saying that, I'm sure wasn't Davy James 13 or
0: no, nah, he was one. Bozzy was 13. Or, I like,
1: I, yeah, somebody was. Thirteen, I think. But
0: um this guy definitely wasn't number one, and you're not going to like talking about him. I don't think because I'd be surprised if you can remember him because I remember his debut, and basically that's it. So Bosco Balaban tails.
1: Oh right, what we're not talking numbers anymore then. No,
0: <laughs> no, nah, nah, we've gone to Bosco Balaban. He was we're he's like, down okay. as number one.
1: Oh what right, do you remember okay. about him? Um, I think it was one of those where he, he came in. He had a, I think he had a reputation for scoring goals and. Um, he came he came to us we didn't know that much about him but he we, he didn't speak that much English either but sort of developed his English as we were going along and obviously we taught him the obligatory swear words first <laughs> I don't think he was on that much money when he came across but we gave him a load of money and um he sort of went off the rails a little bit no, really <laughs> but um He was a bit of a loner and we didn't really get to know him that way. He wasn't very loud in the dressing room and sort of kept himself to himself. You know, in training, you could see flashes of why we bought him. But he he never really nailed a place down in the team. Do you think, Tails, that... um...
2: In the in modern football, with with a stronger support network around him and, and different people at the club and more staff available to help him out, that somebody like that would have benefited more in the modern times. Like if he was signed at this point in time, I'm just looking back for his goals. You know, he, he was he was prolific previously to to playing at Villa, at Dynamo Zagreb, and then obviously when he went to Bruges, he did very well after. So, do you think he would he would maybe be bene, He would have benefited in a modern day team.
1: Well, I think a lot of clubs have looked at that now. Greg, and um, I've got people in place to help players a lot more regarding that. So, um, you know, since that time and I think clubs woke up to the fact that these players do need help when they come to this country and um, they do have player liaison officers now that help a lot with that kind of stuff.
2: Give me a number, Greg. Uh, let's go number 11.
0: Number 11. It's a bit of a funny one for your tails. Absolutely massive character now, but wasn't really when he, when he was at Villa, Peter
1: Crouch. Crouch, he was always a great, great lad. Funny in the dressing room, as you can, we got on really, really well with him. I think I only played a year with him, I think. He was a really, really talented player, and a, he was more talented than what a lot of people gave him credit for, to be honest. But um, he didn't... I'm, I'm not sure what his record was was like at, at Villa. He didn't really but... get a chance. Once Graham
0: Tyler left O'Leary, when he did play under O'Leary, he did well, but he always preferred Angel and Vassell, so Crouch ended up leaving mm-hmm. for like, for cheap and then went on and did did good things. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I always quite liked
1: him. Yeah, I, I really liked him as a player as well. He, he held the ball up. He was better in the air than what people thought as well and good and, and good on the ground. So Yeah. But um, yeah, like you say, he, he never really got a... A chance at Villa, which was a shame because he was a really talented player, as you can as we've all seen since. So um he scored some unbelievable goals. Yeah. He's a good really good striker. Really good striker. And a great lad, like I say. All right, Greg, give me another number. Uh number seven, Taylor's number.
0: And you know what? We've got we've got Ian Taylor down there. Oh just, what, what I, is going on with I your I'm numbers? I'm talking about myself. <laughs> no, you've got to talk you've got to talk about what I wanna know is I wanna know what do you think your teammates made of your what do you think they would have said about you as a person and a player in the dressing room?
1: Right, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe, you know, I really don't know. I was always a player that gave my all. Um, I think, I think, I think my teammates would um, hopefully think that they could rely on me, and you know, to be there when when needed, and you know, once. One of those players if we were in the trenches they'd look look to the right and see me <laughs> so um because you weren't on the bench very much
0: you're under all the managers you seem to be you seem to start i would say you, you wouldn't be one of those players that
1: managers would leave out if you were fit i always thought this guy's in the team during this lockdown period you you sort of go go into the past don't you and look at past games and whatnot a and yeah. of, lot of people are posting stuff on on twitter and whatnot and you look at it and you look at some of the players that have come in, and you know, I know that there are players that were brought in maybe to take my place, and you know I always managed to to squeeze myself back into the team. So you know, I think hopefully it's sort of shone through with managers, my importance to the team. you di- you need different types of players in a team, and uh, hope- hopefully I was one of those ones that managers thought they needed.
0: Yeah, you're that box-to-box player, like like Greg said. You always seem to to find yourself on on the shirt. You'd have some seasons where you'd get close to getting double figures. You always seem to go on runs with goals. I always felt like you were quite a streaky player.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes that and that just goes with confidence. I think, and you know, there are some some games where you you go out and you you just think, like you say, once you're in, you score a couple, you go out thinking, I'm going to score today. And you you get into those positions a lot more, and you uh, you have that much more confidence to get forward. When confidence is low, you you don't tend to get forward so much. So uh, you know, I was I, I hope to think that I was one of those players that not just got forward and scored the odd goal, but helped out defensively as well. So
0: yeah, box to box.
1: Uh, yeah. So and you know, you look at it now. There's not many of those players about, it, is there?
0: No, no. We could do with an a Tyler in there now, I think. Right, number nine, please. <laughs> number nine. Now, again, this one I have stuck with with the squad number. Savo Milosevic, Tales. Very underrated, I think.
1: is another one that came over um, with big expectations. I think um, it was... We, down the years, we've always liked a, a number nine at Villa who be the talisman and score the goals. And, you know, fans always wanted to have a a number nine to um look up to didn't they and and Savo came in you know, hoping to be that player and you know we had the old bandana that everybody was buying and sort of died and then of he dead. never wore it yeah and <laughs> then died it. <laughs> <dead>. <laughs> um
0: great but, bit know. of marketing from Doug Ellis that was
1: well that's the thing you know we were looking for that kind of player <laughs> and uh it never quite it never quite happened on the uh, on the marketing front but but Savo, in in his first season, did quite did quite well for us, and um, I think you know he was a bit um, marmite with a lot of fans. You know, some I liked fans him. like some fans liked him, some fans didn't, and um, I think he pretty much shut up quite a few when he when he stuck that one in the top corner at Wembley, and yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, and then I think people realised that yeah, he's not a bad player, but training with him and playing with him day in day out. He, he had so much talent it was unreal um really yeah he, he had a great left foot he he held the ball up well he probably could have been a bit stronger at times but um technically he was one of the best that that i've played with his and his partnership with dwight was was fantastic i think he just um you know blotted his copy but really by the way he, he left and stuff and, uh, yeah. and towards and towards the end. He kind of ruined all the good work that he had, but um, that he'd done. But now I thought he was a really talented player, and um, you know he's still part of that team that won our last trophy. So God, uh, well, the last major years major ago. trophy, yeah. Well, that's yeah. you know at the end of it all, he, he was part of that team, wasn't he? So um, you know, you still got to give the give the man a, a little ripple.
2: It's interesting that you should you should speak so highly about him because quite a few. Of his other teammates say the same. I mean, I'm just going back to my younger years when I was a, a young footballer at school, and every time one of one of us one of our teammates missed a chance, we'd all, all laugh at him and say, "Oh, what a savo!" That was what we used to say because he <laughs> yeah. would, you know, it was a bad miss. But do you think he was un, un, you know got got criticised unfairly at times? There,
1: um, I think so. I think the trouble with Savo, he he still scored us quite a few goals, but he could have scored more. Got into some great positions, like you say and um, probably should have scored more in his Villa career. You know, sometimes that's the way the world is. You know, a lot of people look on the more negative side than the positive side of things, and, and Savo did quite well with for us, I thought. I've got good things to say about him, but like I say, it's just the way he left, really, and uh, his relationship with the fans just sort of went out the window.
2: Should we uh, move on, Dan? Yeah, crack on, Greg. A couple of quick fire ones. Let's try number three, then. So we'll go number two and number three together.
0: Number two and number three together. So the, f- the first one, number two, that's that's the gate, Ian, Gareth Southgate, England manager.
1: Yeah, Gareth was um, another one who I thought Brian Little, an, a, a, an absolute masterstroke with what he did with Gareth because he probably yeah. made him the, the player he was because he brought him in as a centre midfielder, holding midfielder and, and, uh, and thought... Yeah, I'll put him in the centre of a back three. And it was the best thing he ever did for him. So, But Gareth, an amazing leader, a great guy as well, and a a funny guy. Funnier than what people actually thought or knew about. But he's a great guy to have in the dressing room. And uh, he's always middle of the banter as well. I've got nothing but good things to say about Gareth. Again, there's that little bit about how he left.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that because he wanted to go to a bigger club and then he ended up going to Middlesbrough. Which doesn't really correlate for me
1: yeah well i'm not sure if things worked out the way one he wanted them to <laughs> at the time regarding going to a different club so um you know but leaving that out I've, gareth was uh he was great for us and a lot of villa fans would look back now and say that he was a he was a really really good player for us so um
0: Always going to be a manager as well, wasn't it?
1: Definitely a captain for me. I don't know whether I'd have seen him going on a, to be a manager, but oh, really, to be fair, mate, there's a few that I didn't think would be managers that <laughs> are managers now. So, like who? we're going to need names. Well, outside of Villa, Sean Dyche was was definitely one that I've <laughs> that I've played with, and I thought no way he's going to be a manager. Going back to Gareth, I think um, centre back of yeah, in the middle of a back three was perfect for him. He could ping it left foot right foot either side um, and like I said that he, he was a really good leader and, and proper captain material
0: yeah, I think he's someone I'd like to see manage Villa at some, at some point in the future he's a player I really liked obviously the, the way he left wasn't ideal but I've, I've nothing but fond memories from him really and number three that Greg picked out Peter Schmeichel Oh, people, forget he, people forget people played for villa.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah. Um he scored didn't he for I villa? Think, yeah, he, he did. Yeah, score. that yeah, yeah, that was yeah, on yeah. Twitter the other day as well. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good finisher against Everton. But yeah. um yeah, um Schmark, I, you know, I still speak to Peter Schmeichel now and uh, uh people a lot of people think he's a miserable git, which he can be, but he's a <laughs> he's a funny guy as well. Another one who's a massive character. Um big character in the dressing room and uh again another one that we, you know we probably got after his best days obviously his best days yeah definitely definitely but what a character to have in the dressing room and and what a winner um and to to have played with somebody who's probably voted I think he's been voted the best goalkeeper in the Premier League era isn't he so yeah
0: easily like, comfortably the know, best keeper as well so
1: so to have played with someone like that you know I I think it's a blessing did you ever see him um sort of lose his
2: temper and <laughs> so he make a real a real. <laughs> because we, we've heard many stories about him
1: <laughs> virtually every game and virtually every training session
2: <laughs> just, just give us some insight what he was like because obviously we know we only hear from mainly Man United players but what, was he still like that at Villa then?
1: yeah of course he was because he, he, uh, he, he wanted to win he always yeah. wanted to win whether it would be in training or, or matches um, you don't get decorated as much as he has without being a winner and wanting to win desperately so um yeah he, he's tried to pass that on to or oh, shall I say pass that on but uh yeah <laughs> to to players that he played with um after Man United <laughs> as well so yeah he, he just wanted to win He was just desperate yeah, to win yeah. he's so mad about his son playing and playing in goal and doing well he's at his matches his son's matches all the time he was at the Leicester matches recently when when we played them and uh you know, we still get on really, really well. He's a top, top guy. Oh, great, great. Was you ever on the
2: receiving end of, of one of his um foul mouth? No, of course
1: or- not. One thing he did used to do, he used to bring um he used to bring Casper in his school holidays to to train with us. And he'd go in goals at the end of training and we'd have pot shots at him and he uh, he he always said he wanted to be a professional goalkeeper and he made it. And uh, you know, it was so and he'd he'd have only been, I don't know. 10 or 11 at the time maybe i don't know but um yeah did you take then... did
2: you take it easy with him with your shots or... no, of course not. <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> <laughs> of course not.
1: <laughs>
2: next up greg uh 18 18. again someone
0: that you, f- you forget about but luke near his tails because i just look back at this oh, with yeah. regret of what could have been because yeah, yeah. he looked like a fantastic footballer
1: he had a great reputation when he came to be honest a lot of us at the time we're thinking how, how have we signed this guy you know he had a great reputation for and for scoring spectacular goals and he was a really really good player and he came in he looked really really good I can't remember he scored the he scored a really good volley against somebody I can't remember Chelsea was. was it Chelsea, Chelsea? at was home it yeah beginning of the season was it- yeah first home game that's right yeah it was one of those seasons where I think somebody had come in and I I think I was on the bench yeah I remember season. It switched away when he did his leg, wasn't it? Yeah, Richard, right. And yeah, um, you're right, you bang on. And yeah, it was awful. It was so so bad, and we felt so bad for the guy because he was really looking to be a really really good player for us. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was a terrible thing, and he never recovered from it. And yeah, it was just so so sad because he was a he was a really he was a top top player.
0: He played with Ronaldo, did the old R9, and he, he says he's one of the best players he's, he's ever played with, which tells you the, the, the level of the guy. It's a real, real shame, the case of a massive missed opportunity that seems typical of Aston Villa. But we move on to the, to the next one, Greg. Give me a couple more numbers, Greg. Uh, okay, let's go, to, let's go two together, 12 and 13. 12 and 13, so 12. The, the man we spoke to a few weeks ago, Greg, it's Bozzi,
1: Mark Bosnich. Bozzi was... <laughs> So you, you can see I'm laughing already. Yeah, you he, can't he, say his name without laughing. <laughs> I think we're all laughing, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. he, he was just a, a man to himself and just a completely different character. Um, he had his own way of doing things. And but another one who was a big, big character in the dressing room. Because um, we, we, I've been quite lucky over the years of you know characters that we've had in the team because we've had some big characters in the team who, who you need at times to keep the... The rest going and and Bosie was one of those and he'd always have something to say about absolutely everything. But what I would say is he was a he was a, a damn good goalkeeper as well. I know everybody knocks him, about, knocks him about his kicking and everything, but I'd I don't care about kicking as long as he's stopping it from going in the <laughs> bloody net. Number thirteen, Lee, Lee Hendra, tails. I always
0: felt like you were a little bit in competition with him in in some ways.
1: Um, yeah, later on down the line, I think, but. Again, like I said, it sort of worked out where we ended up playing together more often than not. Lee was, Lee was another one who probably didn't get the the credit that, that he deserved, to be honest, because he was
0: underappreciated.
1: A, yeah, he was a he was a damn good player. Technically, he's one of, the, and again, a, one of the best I've played with. Um, he had great feet in a tight space. Um, He's one of them who could just stick it through your legs without any effort and and get it the other side, no problem. He was always one of the ones that you'd want in a five-a-side in training, one of the first picks for sure. But because um, right. that, because he ran his socks off, he literally never stopped running. Well, not not just running his socks off, but like I said, technically he was he was brilliant and. um but another one, like you say, he could run all day long. He was one of those ones pre-season that would be streets ahead of everybody else because of his 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 engine was unreal. Um, I mean, people talk about my engine, but Lee had knocked spots off off me as a finisher. He was really, really good as well. Um, probably should have scored more goals in his career, but um, I think it's one of the, he was one of those players that. Managers would probably look at him and think, "Yeah, he's not not big enough or strong enough." But the boy could really, really play. And um, Do you think he should have got more England caps? I was just about to come on to that, and probably oh, should. I've read, have. Read your mind. Probably, yeah, probably should have got more England caps. But the the thing is, lads, we, you know, including myself, the the midfield players that we were up against in those days, it was just. It was just unbelievable. You know, you, you had your Lampards and your Gerard Skulls and all these guys of this of that ilk that you were competing that you were competing with. So yeah, it was really, really tough from an, an international point of view. But but Lee Lee got in there, got his fair share of caps, which were well deserved. And you know, I've got nothing but good things to say about Lee as a as a footballer.
0: Harry sponsors eighteen seventy four, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brands. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and travel blade cover. As a listener of 1874, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just 3 95 Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover. You can do all this now by going to harrys.com slash 1874. That's harrys.com slash
2: 1874. Give me a couple more, Greg. Uh, you're okay, keeping track of, of this now. Uh, let's try nineteen and twenty. Okay, nineteen
0: and twenty. So the first one here, a guy that was actually a really good defender, and then just one day turned into
1: a bit of a nutcase. Alpay? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he was a bit of a fruit loop. Um, <laughs> yeah, what can I say about Al- yeah? Yeah, you were right. Is we call him Mad Turk, so he was a Mad Turk. But um, <laughs> I think John Gregory signed him, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. He had a really good uh, first day, isn't Really strong.
1: Yeah, yeah. He came in, did really, really well. He was a good defender. Um, yeah, I think the problem with Alpo, he was just a bit erratic at, time and, at times and would give silly free kicks or penalties away. And you thought, well, what what, what are you fouling him there for? Because there was just no need to foul people sometimes. But he was just that enthusiastic and wanting to win the ball and and um, and fight people. And he was just one of those defenders that was an an absolute rash, um, but then would do rash, rash things. So yeah, got on with him okay. Probably should have been a better player for us. Comes back from the World Cup and then decided he wanted to leave. But that was the kind of character he was. And number number
0: twenty, Greg pulled out David Ginola.
1: Definitely Um, not a John Gregory
0: signing, I don't don't think. But he Um, he came nonetheless. He he always struck me as a Doug Ellis signing.
1: The flamboyant side of it, Greg would have quite liked. We probably signed him after his best days had gone, which was probably the problem. He was a signature signing, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, yeah. John Gregory probably expected a bit more from him. I think we probably all did. But again, what a guy. A, an, an amazing guy, an amazing character to have in the dressing room, and uh, he's one of the nicest guys that I've ever known in football. So uh, you know, it's it's one of those. It's, it's funny actually because my my wife, as she had a a hair salon in um, in Nottingham, and she said, and she was she was o- just opening it, and um, she said she said to me, oh, do you think David had come and open my salon for me? Brilliant. And it was, a, and it was, a, it was, it was quite a big, quite a big salon, and, and it was all went all around the time when David was doing all the L'Oreal stuff, the, all yeah, the hair, yeah. the hair products and everything. And I said, "Are you kidding me?" She says, "Oh, please, please ask him." And I thought, <laughs> I thought, "Oh my God, I've got to go and ask David Jones to come and open a buddy hair salon." So, I, so I plucked up the courage to ask him, and I thought I was just going to get a barrage of abuse. And um he said, Oh, Tails, I'll come and do that, no problem. I said, You're <laughs> kidding me? He says, Yeah. What he said, when when is it? And I told him when it was and everything. And um I told my wife, she says, You you are kidding me. I said, Yeah, he's coming. And so he came on the night, he he opened the salon, he had about 500 women slipping the phone numbers into his pocket, <laughs> and um and, and came and opened it for us. And I, I thought. That is, you know, that is testament to, to David Ginole. He came along and just uh, I opened my wife's salon in uh, in Nottingham. So I've got no nothing but good things to say about the guy because he did not have to do that. Great guy. Great guy.
0: Give me a couple more, Greg. Okay, let's try number five and six then. Five and six. So number five. Another one I had high hopes for, but I don't feel like we ever saw the real best of him. But I want to know what he was like. Mustafa Hadja. Oh, Muzz
1: Muzz Again, such a talented player, talented footballer. Um, I think the problem with Muz is probably he could score a spectacular goal, but then you wouldn't see him for three or four games. and But... He was a great, a really, really nice guy. Like you say, we probably didn't see the best of him. I, I, I don't know how many appearances he actually. He, he was always made a bit for in and
0: in, in and out of the team, which probably yeah. didn't help him in terms of consistency. To be fair, it's difficult when you when you're in and out of the team.
1: Because he was a talent. He, yeah, I think he did um, similar to what George Boateng did, really, where he he, he was playing for Coventry, he did really, really well against us. Um, was a really good player for Coventry, but then we signed him and then didn't do that much for us. But, um, I mean, George did a bit more for us, but... Um, I was going to say, yeah. George, is number, George is number
0: six, so you might as well talk about right. him as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but Hajj again, he's one of those ones I got on really, really well with, but um, he's one of those talents that we had at the club, but didn't really hit the ground running. So... It's uh, it's a shame, really, because I know he was a really, really good player. But you know him and um, Hassan Cashalou, yeah, they were they were a right pair, and we did actually all go away to on holiday together, us three. And, oh, really? Yeah, which was a uh, just a mad thing. Just one of those. I just fancy coming to Miami. I said, "Oh, go on then." <laughs> so we went to. <laughs> we had a great. We had a, an amazing holiday in Miami. So and you know, so the, yeah, he was a guy that. I'd spend time with and um, was a really good guy. So, yeah, it's a shame that it didn't sort of go on for much longer. I would
0: never have put those two down as the two that you would have got on holiday with. That's absolutely... F- sophistication? Too yeah.
1: sophisticated for me? You're saying? Is that what you're saying? Uh, but maybe
0: not too sophisticated. I don't know. You just kind of forget about these players, don't you? If you just if would said to me Towers has been on holiday with two Villa players, I would have said, "Oh, Mark Draper and Tommy Johnson," or or, or t- yeah, uh,
1: like yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I'd been with them as well. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> well. We'll save those stories for another day. We'll do a holidays podcast. We'll do a holidays podcast with you. What about George Boateng, your midfield partner?
1: I, I loved playing with George. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, because I think we complemented each other. We had similar kinds of game types of games. and I think we, I don't know, we, we kind of knew what, it, what's the, what the other one was doing all the time. And, um, he was a great, another great guy that got on with and could have a laugh and a joke with, um, we had, we had, I've had really good dressing rooms in, you know, in my Villa career and, uh, Got on with so many, so many players and so many lads who were who were still mates today, um, which you know a lot of footballers don't get to say. So it's, um, yeah, it was really, really, really good time playing with George. He was, and he was a uh, another player. You know, he's a Dutch international who who's playing in their national team, and you know he he's a really, really good player. Strong, strong in the tackle. Could get forward and score a goal and. And uh, again, uh, another another big character in the dressing room.
0: He bloody ended up at Middlesbrough as well.
1: Well, an, another one that, um, I don't know what it was. There must have been something in the water at the time because yeah. you know, a lot of these lads wanted to move on. I don't know whether it was you know relationships with management or the chairman or, or whatever, or not getting deals that, that satisfied them. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, there were so many times during my... Villa career where we were so close to being a really really good team that could challenge for for the championship and you know, do you know what I mean and yeah big loss there it was that, that was the most frustrating thing about um, my career, Villa career down the years is that you know we were that close to to challenging for you know the league title and then, you know, players would leave or somebody would sign one of our best players and, and just set us back a bit. Greg, do you want to rattle off rattle off three? I think we've got 14, 15, 16,
0: 17 all in, all in a row here, so we, we may as well do them, if that's okay with you.
2: Yeah, okay, let's go for
0: it. for Yeah, <clears throat> so 14, Tom, Thomas Hitzelsberg someone I know ah. quite well. Chief Executive of Stuttgart now in, in Germany. Not not many players go on to become a Chief Exec, No,
1: No, no, no. Um... Obviously, you know Thomas has got a special affinity with Stuttgart, and he's um, he's got himself a, a, a really good role there. And you know, I messaged him the other day, and it was his birthday, and he, you know, we yeah. still still keeping touch. And he's he, another one who's is a, a great lad. He's quite young when I played with him, but um, what a left foot on him! He was one of those ones. Again, it's towards the end of my Villa career, and probably one of those ones who. Came in and took my place, actually. So Finally,
0: someone managed to take your place.
1: After all <laughs> yeah, because <days. laughs> I was an old codger. <laughs> um, but but again, it was you know it was one of those where it was a younger player coming in. Is I could talk to him about his game and 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 kind of helped him a little bit. And you know he wanted to learn. And another another great lad who could score a spectacular goal as we've seen and um and went on to to play some really good stuff and play for the national team and was a really, really good player. He's a really good yeah. lad as well.
0: He's a great bloke and he deserves every success that, that comes his way. Number fifteen, we've we've already spoke about this guy a little bit, but this guy taught me what heartbreak really
1: was, Dwight York. Yeah, he's um he's probably probably the best player I've played with at Villa. Great um, striker. An, an amazing striker. He's one of those one one of those strikers where, you know, we always said when we were playing with him, if we keep clean sheets, then Dwight will score. <laughs> Dwight will score yeah. and get us, you know, and win us the game. So um, incredible talent he had. Is it again because he he was playing for Trinidad and Tobago? He's one of those players who is probably the best of that. One of the best players in that era, but never yeah, really quite got. But never really quite got the adulation that he should have, because he was probably yeah, one of the that's best, fair. Probably one of the best players that the Premier League's seen.
0: Yeah, you don't go on and do did. what he did at Manure and what he no, did at no. Villa. To be fair, as well, if, you, if no. you're not a sensational player, he was. He's one of the best. And as I say, no, when when he left, he taught me what heartbreak meant. How, how did you feel when he left?
1: Yeah, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, that was probably what I was looking at, uh, what I was talking about really, where, you know, we had a really, really good team and, uh and Dwight was part, a massive part of that team. And then Man United come and and take that big part of your jigsaw out of your team. And then we, you know, we struggled to, to find that replacement. But um yeah, d- yeah Dwight was a massive player for us. A- again, a, a big character in the dressing room and uh, a good laugh and, He's a good night out as well. <laughs> but,
2: um, i've re- I've read his book tale, so I, 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 uh, <laughs> I presume you can't say too much in there, but he, he, he gave a fair bit a fair bit of insight into his night out.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, he was one of those. He, he, he didn't mind being a single guy at all and and, en- <laughs> and, en- and enjoying himself and dragging a few of us down with him. but um, but now he's a he was a, good, a really real, a real real top player and um, it was no surprise that he went on and, and did what he did
0: yeah number 16 another striker juan pablo Angel. difficult start for him but he showed his mental toughness and resilience came through it and was a great goal scorer. yeah for
1: yeah yeah we touched um a little bit earlier on um, you know player liaisons and, and helping yeah. players players out when they they come and sign in you know in england and whatnot um and juan pablo was probably the biggest example of someone who who needed that and and I think the club sort of took heed after that um to look after players like Juan Pablo when they do sign for the football club later on because he had a lot of problems with his wife being ill and and whatnot and um and fans don't realise what's happening behind the scenes and in family life and and for Juan for to sort of get through all that and and be the player that he was for us um was amazing really yeah great goal uh, scorer again a top top guy um who you know again i i keep in touch with now as a friend and okay. he was he was, a, he was a really really good player He's a great finisher great finisher really good in but the he, air as well yeah yeah he wasn't the tallest but his spring was amazing and um scored a lot of headers but um technically he was really really good one of those ones who would stay after training for you know an hour to to practice his finishing and work really really hard at his game um but yeah top top guy and a top player were you one of those players that stayed after training yeah i did yeah yeah Yeah. probably sort of just collecting Juan pablo's balls and stuff (laughs) 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 but no 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 yeah the odd occasion i stayed behind to do some finishing and stuff
0: yeah number 17 a player i think you quite like greg
1: Olaf
2: Melberg, very good player. Yeah, loved watching him play. Uh, Love yeah, to hear what defender, yeah. Ian thinks about him.
1: Do you know he was such? he's he probably had the dry sense of humour uh, of anybody that I played with at Villa. He was. <laughs> he was he, I used to call him the Terminator as well, because he, he actually spoke like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he, a top. T- honestly, so many players. I mean, every single, nearly every single player I say is a top top guy, but. but they were that a lot of them that I played with and uh, and Arloff was another one of those. And he was one of those where you thought, yeah, you'd look behind and you think, yeah, he's my centre back and we'll be safe here kind of thing. So, um, yeah, nothing but good things to say about him. And he, he was a really, really good player, technically a lot better than people thought. Yeah. Um, but but he was like he was like Paul McGrath. If he, if he had to go into Rose Ed, he'd go into Rose Ed, and he wouldn't do anything elaborate. And he's just a proper defender. Yeah, great defender. When we sat down with Thomas, he said to us that
0: Melberg never used to train, which was something that we we didn't really know. It
1: that, wasn't, uh, yeah. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he had um, Achilles problems. Yeah, yeah, that's what Thomas said. Yeah, and didn't and didn't train that much, um, which you know made him an even better player. So yeah, from what I remember, he he didn't train train a lot. He's one of those that just came out on a Friday and and trained with everybody. And uh, I think that was to the yeah to the latter end of his career. He was struggling with those, but yeah, he's a, a really really good
0: player. Well, we've only got two more left on this this trip down memory lane. Tales number four, Gareth Barry.
1: Oh, what talents! What, Still again, going? Yeah, yeah, Gareth. You know. A lot of people. Well, I certainly forget that how good that Gareth was, and you know, when I look back through my Villa career, he, he's definitely one of the best players that I've played with at Villa. Because um, I just remember him coming into the coming into the team, and um, you know, this this. Well, f- firstly, this a young lad coming up from the youth team to train with us, and um, I think he was at sixteen at the time. And he started training with us, and we're like, who, "Who the hell's this kid?" Because he was so cool with the ball, and showed no stress whatsoever training with seasoned professionals, and just made the step up with no effort whatsoever. And I think, and I think it was one of those where John Gregory looked at him and thought, "This kid's got to play." Do you know what yeah, I mean? He came and straight in, yeah, 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 and, and just put him straight in. And um, he was just unflappable. And, you know, he came in and he was doing Cruyff turns at left-sided centre-back and, and things like that and making stri- and making strikers look stupid and then just pinging it into the, into the striker. And we were like, this kid's so good. And um, it's just, it's absolutely no surprise that Gareth's gone on and had the, the career that he's had because he's, he's a special player, special player.
2: What do you think? Is there a specific key to his longevity? Do you think Ian? Because I mean, is there anything that he's done different over the years to to um, help him go on for so long?
1: I think. I think again. Uh, I don't know whether John Gregory looked at what um, Brian Little did with Gareth Southgate, but you know, Gareth he could play either midfield or centre back, and I think playing centre back so early on in his career probably pro- prolonged it. So. Yeah um he could adapt to, to either without any effort whatsoever because he was that he was that good. So um you know and to go to go on to play for, for Man City the way that he did as well and it's um yeah player. But you know some career hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah and he's one of those where he was he was quiet. He was a quiet lad off the pitch. Um but I know in his own circle, you know, with because he he knocked about a lot with Lee Hendry and 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 a few others. And I know in his own circle, he's a really funny, funny lad. And uh, he'd come out, he'd come out with some funny one-liners. And and uh, you know, I I used to take the Mickey out of him and say, you know, Gareth, will you shut the hell up because you're talking too much? Because <laughs> he never used to say anything. Because he never talked. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he never talked. And um, you know, we dig him out in the dressing room. But yeah. he... He's a, he's a great lad, and um, you know I'm, I'm so glad that he's gone on to to have such a good career, and well deserved England caps and, and all that because uh, you could see his talent from an early age.
2: Last one, Dan, number eight.
0: Yeah, last one. So an absolute hero, Claret and Blue hero, arguably the best player that's ever played for Villa as a Villa fan. Was it quite strange for you to just rock up and suddenly be playing with Paul McGrathiles?
1: It was, yeah. It was, it was mad. It was just mad seeing up close. What the guy could do again, I played with Paul sort of towards the end of his career, and he was one of those ones who definitely wasn't training during a week who'd only come out on a Friday and then be best player on the Saturday because he knew what he could do he he just he was a defender but he was more than a defender as well and he he could play, he could still play a bit and but he knew, like I said earlier, he knew when to put it in Rose Z and to stop these strikers scoring. And uh, again, you know, a, a top, top guy who'd do anything for anybody. And yeah, it's, diffi- it's difficult to say that he's the best player that I've ever played with because I only spent a short time playing with him and it's towards the yeah, back end of his career. Yeah, I get that. Um, but... You know the time again. You know he was he was again part of that team that won our last trophy, and he was a massive part of that team. And to to be going through what he'd gone through um, at that time, and to be still playing and uh, and being part of a winning team is just amazing.
0: Yeah, I think I was a little bit too young to fully fully appreciate him. because I was only ten or eleven when he was playing, but I just remember his reading of the game. Just he did never mm-hmm. had to dive in because his reading of the game was just so so strong.
1: No, didn't, never got dirty. No. <laughs> he, he was always on his feet, never never dove in, like you say, and uh, his reading of the game was just incredible. And uh, I know, know for a fact there's many a centre-forward out there who hated playing against him, so... Um, yeah, it's top, top
0: player, mate. Tiles, thanks ever so much for, for joining us today. It's been a great trip down memory line. Some great stories in there as well. So good to hear about some of the more obscure players that, that you played with that we would have completely forgotten about. So it's, it's been really I'm just glad that I remembered
1: them. <laughs>
0: yeah, me too. I know I know what your memory is like, so it's, it's been good to, <laughs> to, to, to get through it. For me personally, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and it's, it's a pleasure to know you. And thanks ever so much for coming on today, mate. Oh, no problem, Dan. Enjoyed it, mate. Enjoyed it. So that was great, a real good trip down memory lane. I hope you enjoyed it as as well, Greg. I know you like looking back at all the old stuff, and thanks to you as well for joining us on 1874 today.
2: Yeah, really enjoyable, wasn't it? Great to get um, Ian's thoughts, and you know, a, a very likable guy, as we all know, and some some really good, fun stories there to to hear.
0: Yeah, especially the the ginola stuff. <laughs> that stuff will stay with It'd me. It'd be
2: great to have a night
0: out with him, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna gonna try and get Towers to to line that one up for us. Plenty going on with The Athletic at the moment, not only just this podcast, but with Greg's written pieces as well. Stay tuned, plenty more upcoming. One more thing to say, up the villa.